As we come to our sermon this morning, as I said, it is on the subject of shepherds and shepherding. Being such a big subject, I'm going to read uh, four sections of scripture, mainly a short verse here and there. So if you follow with me, I'm beginning in John chapter 10 and reading verse 11, which says, the words of Jesus, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And secondly, in Psalm 78, And the last three verses of that psalm, Psalm 78, beginning at verse 70, where it tells us about God, that he chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheep pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob, of Israel, his inheritance. And David shepherded them, with integrity of heart, with skillful hands, he led them. And in Philippians 2, verses 19 and 20, where Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. And finally, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verses 1 to 4, where Peter writes, To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who also will share in the glory about to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. The God who created the heavens and the earth and all creation is known as a shepherd in the Old Testament. That is staggering that the one who was so almighty that he created everything we see and have not yet seen and yet he is known as a shepherd. Could anything be more humble an example from one so great as our God. And this shepherd-sheep relationship is used to describe God's relationship with his people. 
Jacob spoke of the God who had shepherded him all the days of his life. And in the Psalms we read that God brought his people out like a flock. He led them like sheep through the desert. And then that we are his people, the sheep of his pasture, the flock under his care. And then what I think is the most beautiful description. It's a believer's treasure. It's an artist's delight. And it's in Isaiah 40, where it says that he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. And he gently, gently leads those that have young. This is our shepherding God. But there is more. God is described as a shepherd shepherding. But Jesus took the name of shepherd. I am the good shepherd in John 10. This is our shepherd, our savior. He knows his lambs. That is us. From the day we were born and has watched over and provided for us through the years. And if one out of a hundred gets lost, he goes and he finds it. And having found it, he brings it home rejoicing. If a soul is lost, does that concern the shepherd? Yes. If a soul is saved, does that delight the Savior? Yes. You see, we are like sheep without a shepherd. But with Jesus, we have eternal security. And as we sang, the Lord's my shepherd, I will trust in him alone. His goodness will lead me home. But let me be clear. Now listen, let me be clear. There may be many shepherds who care for you in life. But there is only one shepherd that can save you. And that is the good shepherd. Because he laid down his life for you. That you might be in heaven in eternity. So Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. My sheep listen and they follow me. And will never perish. No one No one will pluck them out of my hand or out of the hand of my Father. As we sung, when I fear my faith may fail, He will hold me fast. We need to have Him as our shepherd and saviour because He said in John 10 where we read, I am the good shepherd I lay down my life for the sheep. And he did. He did. This is our Savior. There is no other. And in Hebrews it confirms that God brought him back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, and it gives him the added title, the great shepherd of the sheep. And in 1 Peter 2, we're told that today he is the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. And in 1 Peter 5, that he is coming back as the chief shepherd.
to gather his sheep for us to be caught up together and not one will be missing and we'll be with him forever. In the meantime, there is shepherding to do and Jesus uses us as shepherds of each other. And I have chosen two examples of shepherds, David and Timothy, that we might learn from them. First, we will consider the character that God looks for in a shepherd as seen in David. Let me quote those verses to you again. He chose David, his servant, and he took him from the sheep's pens. From tending the sheep, he brought him to be the shepherd of his people, Jacob. Now, many know David for his famous exploit with Goliath. Yet with God, he began, he began as the shepherd boy. And how wonderful that God can arrange the early circumstances of life to be a training ground for a future task. David's training took place among sheep where he learned patience, compassion, the value of life, courage, and responsibility. It even surprised the prophet Samuel as he searched for God's chosen king. And he said, where is the boy David then? And Jesse said, he's tending sheep. And God whispered, that is where I want him. That is where I want him. And David, having been anointed to be God's king, was sent back to tend the flocks of sheep, knowing his destiny, knowing that God's purpose would prevail. And so with confidence, David could write Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. And God has a plan for your life and mine. In verse 72 of that psalm, there are two characteristics of David, two, that reveal what God looks for in a shepherd. Listen. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart. With skillful hands, he led them. The first virtue is integrity of heart. David's heartbeat was for God, devoted to God, reliable, acting the same when seen or unseen. Integrity is the link between your heart and God, and God looks on the heart. And with God, it's not that we look the part, it's that we have the heart. This is a quality that we all should crave, particularly shepherds and pastors, integrity of heart, a heart for God and a heart for his people. David spent day by day in pastures on the fields and hillsides with the sheep, but someone else was with him. For in these landscapes, the shepherd boy was learning the presence of God near to him, who entered his thoughts amid the bleating of the sheep and watched over him by day and by night as the stars shone in the heavens. And David wrote, I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers. They declare your glory. 
The same divine hand is shaping us for what lies ahead. To coming generations, I say, start shepherding and caring when you are young and show interest in those around you, young and old, for God is moving in your life, preparing you for the times ahead. The second virtue is skillful hands. And that is the discerning of the needs of individuals and responding appropriately. We are exhorted in First Thessalonians, admonish wisely, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all. For each one of us has, has different emotions and stages of God's work in our lives. And as we shepherd... Do not just give advice or comfort and walk away, but return again with genuine concern. Ewes and lambs can stretch the patience of a shepherd, but David had compassion as he led the flock and cared for the ewes and the lambs with skillful hands. Little wonder that later in his life, those who were distressed came to David at the cave of Adullam to find care and encouragement. And as a shepherd, he remembered, these are God's people, and he welcomed them into the cave, however disheveled they were. Moreover, David never forgot his past. And one day, he called the outcast, lame Mephibosheth, to share a place at his king's table. That was shepherding at his best. Picked up that poor man who had suffered so much and said, you'll sit at my table. That, I see again, is shepherding at his best. You see, grace in one life can lead in grace being shown to another. These are the lessons we learn from David. Integrity of heart and skillful hands. The nearest I have to a shepherd's crook is an old walking stick. It has known many years of service, and there is the handle on which many have lent for balance when walking, support when stopping to survey the surroundings like a shepherd with his staff. But then there is the ferrule on the base, used many a time to knock a sharp stone off the path and clear the way for another. The small things you do really matter. So let's consider Timothy. What is the shepherd virtue that we find in Timothy? It's this. I have no one else like him who takes, what? A genuine interest in your welfare. It is genuine care that is needed. In shepherd, a shepherd values and notices everyone. He has to be a listener. Be a listener. And allow hurting people to decide how much they want to talk. People like sheep can be vulnerable, can lose the sense of belonging, be unwilling to trust anyone, lose touch with God, 
lose the will to persevere, suffer illness, loss of job, loss of a loved one. Loneliness can be traumatic. But bring God's shepherding love into the lostness and vulnerability. Because remember this, their story is not all written yet. And God uses you and me to shepherd others, to give them assurance and to show genuine care like Timothy. Spend time with the flock. Jesus was asked why he ate with tax collectors, sinners, hurting outcasts, isolated and lonely. And he replied that it is not those who are well who need the doctor, but those who are sick. You know, it's one thing to love to preach. To love to preach is one thing. But to love those to whom you preach is another matter. Currently, internet and live streaming are useful and a great blessing to those who are housebound. But Jesus gave us fellowship to enjoy. So to all shepherds, I quote Proverbs 27 and 23, Be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds. Because internet cannot replace real fellowship, which as Polycarp wrote in 60 AD, it's this. Being compassionate, merciful to all, turning back sheep gone astray, visiting the infirm, not neglecting a widow or an orphan or a poor man, but providing always for that which is honorable in the sight of God and men. Historically, this area of Aberdeen was blessed by God. This church building had James Kidd as a minister from June this month in 1801. That was 220 years ago. James Kidd stood here. Yeah. And he stood here until his death on Christmas Eve, 1834. And when he would go outside after the service, that street outside was lined with children. And he would walk along, smile at each one, and give them a tap on the shoulder. He was a true shepherd. You can read about it on the plaque downstairs. And opposite us, down the hill, towards the Denburn, was the home where Mary Slessor spent her early years with God preparing her there to later become his missionary heroine in Africa. A young life was prepared for God down that hill. May such blessings come again in this area of the city. Today we have a transient congregation and we must send them onwards to serve the Lord in greater ways than when they came. And so let us welcome all, not only into the church, but into our hearts and our houses and be there for them. I reflect as I make this sermon. And let me tell you a story. As a young teenager, 
I once spent a Saturday morning chopping logs for two elderly ladies. At the end, I was given a cut date filled with a wedge of marzipan. It was colourful, but it was not much for a teenager after two hours' work. And I remember they said to me, there is a meal in one of those. Many years I still reflect, where did they get the dates? Perhaps they were laid aside as a treat from Christmas and shared with me. Today I realize it meant much to them, and today it means much to me. I have learned that you help others because you are willing. You do not do it for the reward. So be like Timothy. There is no one else like you who will show genuine interest in others' welfare. Be kind and compassionate to one another and carry one another's burdens. And to you all here, I say, thank you for how much you already care for each other in this church. As an elder, I thank you. Finally, we come to 1 Peter 5, which is about elders. And why have I left elders until last? Because above all else, their mandate is to be shepherds of the flock. Peter was a fisher of men, and many were saved by his preachings, but now he is a shepherd of a scattered flock. And he tells us with experience how to do it well. Peter recalls the words of Jesus on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Because you love me, shepherd and feed my lambs and my sheep. The heart of the shepherd flows out of a love for Jesus. If you aspire to eldership and leadership, that is good but practice shepherding first. The most fitting title for spiritual leadership is that of shepherd, for it means getting in amongst the flock, not just talking at a lectern, and always remembering that they are the Lord's sheep and love them as he does, because they are his people. All elders are pastors, all elders are shepherds, and they work together on many tasks, which include to lead, teach, preach, protect, encourage, admonish, visit, pray, and care, all the time demonstrating genuine concern, skillfulness, love, gentleness, courage, and comfort. But from all these... In closing, I select three shepherding roles to protect, to lead and feed, and to care. To protect, guard and ensure the safety of the flock. Sheep wander, they are defenseless, vulnerable, and oblivious to danger, and the shepherd must always be alert. Seek the lost, carry the weak, shield the hurting, tend the sick, and protect the flock from the false teaching of those who question the truth 
of parts of the Bible. Display courage and comfort and protect. Secondly, lead and feed. Sheep cannot find the next green pasture themselves. Indeed, they will ex- existing one will be eaten bare by them, and they still won't move on. But sheep do have an instinct to follow the shepherd. And Jesus said, they listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Follow is the word. Don't drive the flock. Forceful ministry is no good. Sheep scatter if they are driven. So, unseen self-sacrifice is needed. Patience and perseverance may be needed. But become known and know their names and they will follow. The shepherd leads his flock to the green pastures of God's living word to feed them and to the still waters where the Holy Spirit can refresh their thirsty souls. And thirdly, to care. Visit the sick, comfort the bereaved, and strengthen the weak. Be interested and pray for all, young and old and newcomers. Simple things, like standing at the door to meet them is a good practice. That is how you get to know their names. The crowning virtue of a shepherd is sacrificial love. For to be fervently involved can be costly at times. Although shepherding can be hidden work with 24-7 availability, do the work willingly. For the right reason, with the right motive, and with a manner that is an example to others. Remembering that when Jesus came into this world, his coming was revealed to shepherds in fields at Bethlehem. And God said, we are going to tell the shepherds first. Shepherds were honored that day by God. And their weather-beaten faces were Jesus' first admirers as he lay in the manger. If you want blessing from God, shepherd one another. Aspire to have a heart like the good shepherd. Live in the shadow of the good shepherd. Walk alongside him. And as you enjoy his love and peace, look for the coming of the chief shepherd. And until then, he says, feed my lambs, shepherd my sheep, feed my sheep. One day the work will be over. And we will give account to him. And may we each hear him say, well done, and receive the unfading crown of glory. Don't serve for glory in this world. Don't serve for glory even in the Christian world. Because the chief shepherd is coming. And that is what matters. In that day, the lamb at the center of the throne will be our shepherd. He will lead us to the springs of living water. The good shepherd who became the Lamb of God becomes the shepherd king.